I grew up in a very, very strict religion that suppressed and oppressed sexuality and um, women just fully embodying that and men as well. Um, and so just having that history created so much trauma <laughs> and so much distortion around how I viewed the feminine, how I viewed the masculine, how I viewed sexuality, sensuality, all of it. And, um, and spent most of my life with so much shame around it. It was almost tangible how much shame I felt around my body, my sexuality. Um, I was just pinching off all of that energy uh, all the time. And it got to a point where I decided to leave the religion, leave the marriage that I, that I wasn't happy in, and really just started down this road of rediscovering what is the truth around sexuality? What is the truth around sensuality, about the feminine? Wow. Wow, Meg. How are you doing over there? Uh, I'm still sweating. <laughs> I think Meg, it's still red. <laughs> I'm and blushing. blushing. <laughs> I'm blushing and still giggly from the last interview we just did. Okay, so we had the opportunity of interviewing Carrie Michelle, who is a body consciousness coach, and she talks a lot about sex, baby. And see, Megan is going to have to sing it because I don't know that she... <laughs> saying sex is not always the thing that Megan wants yeah. to talk about. And I, and I still, I, I know this is something I get to work through, but I still have a hard time saying the P word. So Pussy? Yes. Pussy? That word. <laughs> I can say penis. But not pussy. No. Yeah. And, and that's a problem. Well, yeah. it was interesting how she, you know, during this episode, I mean, it's just, it's really profound. Um, the way that she frames the conditioning around saying the word pussy and the right. conditioning of the patriarch and how that's affected um, the connotations around the word, which I thought was so fascinating. And you know what it makes me think of? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how many men do we know that are sitting on the couch with their remote with their hands down their pants? All the time. Every man. Every single one of them. Every but single one of them. Do you put your hands down your pants when you're watching I television? I do not. I don't do that. <laughs> There's a point in the episode that you're going to hear where Carrie actually recommends that you put your hand down, down your, pants, your pants. Just chilling. Just just chilling. Just, just chilling. Just, <laughs> my hands just down my pants. And so how are you processing it now? Because I, I'm just like, I feel so much different about the word sensuality. Yeah, I think that was my biggest takeaway is how she distinguished between sexuality and sensuality. And I think a lot of us get the, we think the two are one in the same. And I realize they're actually not at all. Mm -hmm. um, sexuality can be a form of sensuality yeah. is what I got, right? Yeah. but And and when you listen to her definition, yeah. I was blown away. It was not what I was yeah. expecting. It totally caught me off guard and I had a major shift. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. So I can't wait for you guys to dive in and maybe at the end of the episode, it will make you want to put your hands down your pants. Or say the word pussy. <laughs> Welcome to the Soul Ascend podcast with your hosts, Meg and Jen. We're going to help you mega manifest and generate your soul's highest ascension in business, relationships, spirituality, money, and health. Welcome and let's dive in. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Soul Ascend podcast. Hey, Meg. Hey Jen, how's it going? Well, it's it really couldn't be better because today we have one of my favorite humans on the planet that we get to speak to. Um, hi, Carrie. Hello. How are well, you guys? So good. So everyone, please welcome Carrie Michelle to the podcast. She is a body connection coach and an energy alchemist. And, Ooh, you and, know I love the word alchemy. <laughs> you do. And so much more. And so we're thrilled to have you, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. 
Well, let's dive in, sis. Let's dive in. So one of the main reasons, Megan, I really wanted um, us to bring Carrie on today and, and to introduce her to our audience is because she has this beautiful, graceful way of talking about the things that sometimes people get really tripped up talking about, meaning sex. Like, <laughs> like me giggling like a third grader. That's exactly that. (laughs) Whenever anybody says, let's talk about sex, I don't know about you guys, but does that song come on in your mind? Isn't it salt and pepper? Let's Let's talk talk about about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about (laughs) you. You're you're already blushing and she's (laughs) doing the song. I love that song. I used to dance to that. We're going to have to karaoke to that song at some point. You and me, Carrie. (laughs) done done yeah well carrie let's dive in like what got you started in this really tapping into the divine feminine and really tapping into supporting women and embracing their sacred sexuality yeah um honestly my my trauma is what inspired me uh i was molested when i was a little girl and grew up in a very very strict religion that suppressed oppressed sexuality and um, women just fully embodying that and men as well. Um, And so just having that history created so much trauma and so much distortion around how I viewed the feminine, how I viewed the masculine, how I viewed sexuality, sensuality, all of it. And, um, And spent most of my life with so much shame around it. It was almost tangible how much shame I felt around my body, my sexuality. Um, I was just pinching off all of that energy uh, all the time. And it got to a point where I decided to leave the religion, um, leave the marriage that I, that I wasn't happy in, and, um, and really just started down this road of rediscovering what is the truth around sexuality? What is the truth around sensuality about the feminine? Um, and, and just that curiosity around it just created this, this whole process and this whole healing and unfolding of the way that I view it, the way that I teach it. And, um, and yeah, it's just, I'm excited to be able to kind of share some of that with you guys today. Wow. Well, you just went through that pretty quickly and I listening and not knowing your story yet, I, I I hope we can go a little bit deeper so that we can help identify some of the patterns that led you into the beautiful, gorgeous being that you are today. And the first question that comes to mind for me is when you talk about the physical abuse, um, I'm always so curious to see if you knew how to articulate that or if you knew what was happening at that moment. And how you defined it? Like, did you define it as right or wrong? Did you define it as light or dark? And what were some of the processes that you worked through to be able to overcome that? Mm -hmm. So good. Um, I was actually four years old when it first first started. So um, really, honestly, it felt really good. I, you know, I'm, I'm a very sexual being we all are, yep. um, but there's some people that are a little bit more, a little bit, have a little bit more sensitive to sexuality. And I feel like I'm one of those people. Um, and I liked it. I liked it. And mm-hmm. I knew that it was bad, um, because that's what I had been taught, even though it was mm-hmm. not bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, uh, well, I take that back being touched when it's not something that you're, um, that you're consensual about is, is wrong. <laughs> People should not be doing that. But as far as like feeling the pleasure was not bad. It was just that I was told that anything like that is bad and shameful and you should not be doing anything. And, um, and in the religion that I was in, you're not even allowed to masturbate and self-pleasure. So, um, you know, just anything with your genitals is like, it's off limits until you get married and then your husband can touch you and that's it, but you still can't touch yourself. So there's so much programming around shame, shame, shame. And shame is such a, it's such a powerful emotion because um, guilt is about you did something bad. Shame is I am bad. It's part Mm. of your identity. It's who you Mm. are. 
So that's something that a lot of people can relate to if they grew if they grew up in a religion that really shamed sexuality and um, and created a lot of suppression around it. So it's just it's going to come with it because we are sexual beings. We are made to procreate and to experience pleasure. So and we're going against that by by all these teachings that religions create um, within us in this programming. And so then it's just this push pull, Mm. which is going to cause a lot of um, distortion around sexuality. So that's why porn is so rampant. Mm. And that's why, you know, we have these distorted views around it and why people are completely turned off. They don't have any sexual drive at all because like, God forbid, I actually feel it because now I'm going to feel I'm bad if I do. Mm. So it goes one way or the other. People have this obsession and addiction to it, or there's just nothing it's turned off. And that's not how we're to be. So so yeah, it was, um, it was really difficult, um, growing up feeling like it feels good, but I know it's bad. Mm. So that just set me up for a whole new relation, a whole relationship with pleasure that was totally distorted as well. So I wasn't, I, anytime I felt pleasure, I felt shame about it. Wow. I, Carrie, first of all, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, my experience I have a question regarding this because it's interesting to me how conscious you were of mm-hmm. what was happening to you at four years old, because I know there's some people out there listening, me included. Um, I didn't really understand that I was molested until I was older because my subconscious didn't allow me. It disassociated it with my body. And so it's really interesting to me that you are so aware, not many, not many women are so aware that it happened at such a young age. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I, I guess my question is, since you were so aware of what was going on around you, did you disclose it? Did mm-hmm. you talk about it? Did you talk about it before you were an adult? I'm just mm-hmm. I'm curious. Um, so actually, the reason why I knew that it was bad at four years old is because the person that was touching me got in trouble. And mm-hmm. I heard this person get in trouble. And so that's when it, that's when it clicked in. Oh, I'm not supposed to do this. Ah. Well, it wasn't necessarily, it was, and it actually could have been happening before that, but that was my first memory because this person got in trouble. Yeah. And, um, and so then, but then it continued till I was 12 years old. Wow. Um, so it, so then from that point on, every time it happened, it was like, this feels good, but I shouldn't be doing this. This mm-hmm. is bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, once I stopped it at 12 years old, I told myself, I will, I will lock this deep within my body. I will never discuss this with anybody. There's, there was so much shame around what I was doing and what was being done to me. So it was like, I'm never going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And then especially in my religion, it's like, I'm going to get in trouble for that. I'm going to get, I'm going to get disciplined. I'm not going to be able to do, you know, there's, there's certain things that the religion does when you do something bad sexually and they, they cut you off from certain things. And so mm-hmm. I didn't want to go through that and have people know, oh my God, she did something wrong. And so there was just like, so the shame is all about keep it secret, keep it secret. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps the shame alive. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was, uh, 36, maybe it was definitely in my mid thirties that I was actually at. Um, so this is in the future cause you're 21. Uh, Clearly yeah. you look 21. <laughs> yeah. I'm 43 now. So this was quite a, a while ago too. Yeah. Hot. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it was in my mid mid thirties and I was at a workshop and it was not about sexuality. It was, it was about, a, it was a business workshop and he was taking us through this process of really um, bringing out some of the things that we feel shameful about that we're, we're embarrassed that we don't people want people to know about ourselves. And he just set it up so beautifully that I I'm sitting there and I've got these two women that are sitting next to me and we're just, we're crowded into this room and he wanted us to write it down on paper. And I was like, I can't write this down. Like, what if they see that? I will be so embarrassed if they know this thing that I did. And that's when I realized, Oh my God, I have, I've never healed from this. And I had already started somewhat of my healing process. Um, but this was one that I was like, I'm going to go to the grave with this. I will never talk wow. about this with people. You know, it's fine. It's wandered in the bridge. It's done. Like I've let it go. No big deal. And that's what really started this process of like, oh man. And it opened up a whole can of worms in the most beautiful, magical way. Yeah. You said something that I think is really important that I want, I would like to focus on. and 
you talked about the difference between guilt and shame. And so I'd like to dive into that a little bit because I think regardless of whether or not people have experienced what you've experienced, we all are all too familiar with shame, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Shame when it comes to everything that we do, multiple aspects of our life in sexuality, in relationships, in body image, in health, in so many things, right? And so I'd love to just kind of take a step back and define how do we know when we are feeling shame? And then what are some ways that we can work through it? What are some tools that you've been able to implement to help you um, work through the shame. And I don't know, like, do we ever overcome shame? I'm not sure. (laughs) So would you mind going there with me and diving into that? Absolutely. 100% you can heal from shame and you can release that and you can transmute it. So, um, and I'm pretty sure I actually talked about this on my interview with Unifer. Um, if it wasn't yours then it was somebody else, but, um, there is, so energy has a polarity. There's going to be an opposite end of whatever you're feeling. So there's Mm -hmm. polarity to it. And so with shame, the opposite end of shame is empowerment. Mm -hmm. And so we can transmute energy. That means that we can shift the energy. We, we do this all the time. We can go from happiness to sad or from, sorry, from sadness to happiness or vice versa. We're, we're constantly shifting our energy and transmuting it. So we can go from shame to empowerment that is on the other side of it. It is already actually in you. It's not a matter of like getting to it. It's just a matter of of like flipping the coin it's on the other side and just and just choosing to be in that space and 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 that's the gift of shame when we have an experience that causes us to experience that we now have the opportunity of of a process of healing from that and becoming empowered from that experience and we see that women who have gone through just crazy traumatic experiences, not necessarily sexually, just anything. And I know that you have women in your life that you're like, she, oh my God, like, look at what she's done. Look at where she's come from. Mm-hmm. And it's because she's chosen not to stay in that story and not to stay in that emotion of shame. And she's choosing to take it and flip it and be empowered from it. And so, yes, it's a hundred percent possible. Mm. It happen overnight, maybe sometimes, but most of the time the shame is so deep in our body. It literally, when I feel shame, I feel it through from the tip top of my head to the tips of my toes. It's just my whole body is engulfed in it. It's like I'm drowning in it. Mm. And, um, you know, guilt is usually typically for me. It's like, it's just kind of in my gut. It's not necessarily in my whole body. It's just, I can feel it. Maybe it's in my heart, but shame feels like it encompasses my whole body. And, um, and it might be different for somebody else, but I'm just speaking from my own experience. The best way to start in the process of healing shame is to speak it, to name it. And that is so scary when the last thing you want to do is share something that you possibly did that hurt someone, harmed somebody, or that's embarrassing. That's like, but, but it stays activated and it will continue to be stuck in your system and trapped in there if we're not going to speak it out. And that's why there is nothing off. There's nothing off limits with me. There's nothing that um, on an interview that you want to talk about um, that that's like, oh, nope, I won't, I won't go there because I want to speak all of it, all my experiences out so that I can name it. And I can, each time I do, I heal it deeper and deeper and deeper. It normalizes it. And then other people are able to relate like, oh my God, that's me too. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And then we start realizing we're not different. Other, maybe, maybe and nobody's story is the same, but we have such similar stories. We can connect That's through right. our pain and, and then go through this process of healing it, not in a place of um, venting about it or like, poor me, poor me, poor me, being a victim, but like, yeah, this happened. I love that. I, I think that that pain, like that just really amplifies our empathy for each other as women, right? We all know we have adversity to some degree and how we heal from it allows us to empower others by sharing and using our voice. So thank you for saying that. And I, 
I know we kind of went back and Megan pulled out what you said about shame and guilt, but I kind of want to go forward a little bit, Carrie, because I, right now I'm thinking to myself, there's someone listening. That's like, wow, she went through all of this and she is an empowerment coach and she helps women with her sacred sexuality. And she's living in pleasure and sexual pleasure in her life. And I think that some women are listening going, how is that even freaking possible? Like, how can I get there if I've been faced with so much sexual trauma in my life? So I would love to dive into that part of how you've transitioned to transmuting that shame and that disempowerment into empowerment and being a sacred sexual healer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so good. There's so many things. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm what's coming through right now. The very, very first thing is, is healing your relationship with your pussy. Mm. And so many women, uh, they won't, first of all, they won't even say that word. And, <laughs> and, so, and, and I, I purposely say that word yeah, to kind of create this like, and, and, and so I want all the listeners who are listening it, it, to, to just pause for a second and fill into what happened in your system when I said that word, um, because there's some information there. And, and, the, and the information is that you've been programmed to believe that your pussy is bad yep. and that that word is bad. And so the reason why I share that, and this is coming from the book pussy is that I'm like, no, I want to take that word back. I'm reclaiming that word. And I'm choosing to make that word be an empowering word, not a dirty, disgusting porn, Mm. derogatory. um, Like even when, when people will say that to people, you're such a pussy. I'm like, wait, hold on though. Mm -hmm. Like a pussy is fucking powerful. Balls are weak. (laughs) (laughs) They tap them and they're like, <laughs> like a pussy can like births life. Yeah, like, you know, like, amen, sister. Yeah. So, so be you know, be aware of like what words do we use and and what how, what's the what's the reason why we're using it and start taking that word back. Mm-hmm. So, but 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 really healing our relationship with her. A lot of women won't even talk about it, let alone look at her, let alone touch her, connect with her, like none of that. And that is a part of you. And our pussy is connected to our heart. So if we're wanting our heart open, we've got to be connected into our pussy and have her open as well. The two are connected. And so if we're really wanting to heal our relationship with our sexuality, that's where our sexuality starts. Like that's where the penetration happens. So it's healing that. And so just creating... Um, creating a relationship with your pussy, even just putting your hand on her. It doesn't have to be um, naked. It can be with your clothes on. I do that on a regular basis where I'll just put my hand there and like, hi, hi. You know, and she, she you will actually feel an energy there. She does actually communicate to you. Mm-hmm. And that like, that was another, another um, comment from the, uh, from the pussy book is that you can ask her questions. What does she want to wear today? How does she want to talk? How does she, what does she want to eat today? And so then just like, just starting a relationship with her that way. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily go right into self-pleasure if that feels really uncomfortable for you, but just start creating a relationship with her and realize that she actually communicates to you. She does, she tells you what she wants and what she doesn't want sexually and not sexually. Mm. And when you're tuned into her, that's going to start this process of healing your relationship with sexuality and sensuality. What the woo-woo? What the woo-woo? What the woo-woo-woo-woo witchery? Woo-woo witchery! (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about it. We are. We're talking about intuition. And manifestation. Megan, I manifested you. And I manifested you. And here we are in the soul shed. And here we are in the soul shed. And you know what's so funny is our husbands call us witches. We are witches. We are woo-woo witches. It means we can manifest (laughs) bullshit. You guys, we would love for you to come meet us in our community cauldron at our next event, the Soul Success Summit. Did you just say community cauldron? (laughs) (laughs) Did I just make that up or did I hear that somewhere? No, I think that's fantastic because we are going to mix up a great, great brew for all of you listening with our amazing sisterhood where you can connect with us. And we're gonna come to you live online where we're getting out of the soul shed and into the Soul Success Summit. Oh my goddess. We are gonna be talking about all things from ways that you can access and activate your intuitive 
capabilities to manifest like an Olympic athlete. So the woo-woo shit is not just for witches, it's for everyone. That's right. And we're going to turn you into a witch by the time you're done. (laughs) Watch out. And if you're really looking to level up your business, to really scale your business this year and lead from heart instead of hook, then this is where you want to be on September 30th and October 1st, live with us. So in addition to hearing from Meg and Jen, yes, I just did refer to myself in the third person. (laughs) Love when you do that. You're going to hear from so many incredible speakers who, yes, you might consider witches, but they're just really brilliant at the application of how you, yes, you, can get out of the logic, stop the self-sabotage, and start manifesting like the Olympic athlete that is inside of you. Yeah, and if you're ready to stop hustling, stop forcing, and instead really tap into your divine feminine and manifest from flow and fluidity, this is where you want to be. You can find out all the juicy details at soulascendpodcast.com. Hmm, I love that. I, I've read that book. Um, actually, I think you recommended it to me, Carrie. Yeah. Um, fantastic book. And I, I think, you know, you, you've been talking about how we can just start saying the word pussy and it kind of opens our, us up to being okay with it finally, like changing that language. And I love that you gave women and people listening right now an easy way to connect without having to go full on self-pleasure and just say, okay, I'm going to say this word. Maybe you say the word out loud five times a day. Maybe you touch yourself with, with clothes on five times a day and start there. And I love that you give women that power to not just go full in, but just test the waters. Mm -hmm. And if you could give advice, if they're ready to go further, Mm -hmm. is there a way that you can tap into that also with that sacred sexuality? And what does that even mean? So, um, so I want to I want to talk a little bit about sexuality and sensuality first. So okay. it's it's really going to be important for them for for women to heal their relationship and really question the programming that they have around sexuality and sensuality, um, because a belief around something is just a thought repeated. So all of our beliefs are just us- are usually created from from our from society from our parents from religion and they're just they've just been passed down and so really just getting curious around okay wait like what is my belief around sexuality and sensuality and is that even true mm. just getting so curious i ask that all the time is that even true and does that actually benefit me is that actually helping me is that really truly helping me to feel tuned in, tapped in and turned on. And that's from Abraham Hicks and, and Abraham Hicks doesn't talk about it. I was just going to say, oh. yeah, but I like to use it for like, oh my God, that's brilliant. That is exactly like what that is, is all about yeah. being, being in your sexuality. <clears throat> so the thing is, is that, so for me, and I'm only, I'm going to speak from my experience. I was taught that sexuality was bad. And um, having sex was only appropriate with your partner after you've been married. And, um, and then even that there's rules around that, around what you can do with your partner. Um, So there was just, there were so many rules around what I could do and I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. And, and then also that sex, sex and, or sorry, sexuality was all about sex. And that's the piece that it's like, oh, you know, that's about, well, I know people can't see my fingers, but I'm like barely opening up my fingers. That's, it's that much of what sexuality, sexual energy actually is. Sexual energy is life force energy. It is creation energy. Mm. So when we start like realizing, oh, it's creation energy, it's creative energy, it's life giving energy, that totally broadens it. It's like, oh, it's not just about fucking in a bedroom. Yep. It's it's about everything. I can be in sexual energy all day, every day, and not have any penetration. Mm. When I'm in that energy, I'm creating, I'm flowing, mm-hmm. I'm I'm turned on, I'm feeling pleasure. I'm, I'm feeling gratitude. I'm feeling love because when we're really truly in sacred sexuality and in that energy, 
we have turned on, I don't know if your listeners are big into chakras, um, but our, we have a chakra system where it starts at our root. Um, do you guys, is that, yeah, is yeah. that oh, yeah. awesome? So then I won't go into details then. So we have a chakra system and in our chakra system and in the lower area is all kind of like our carnal. It's all about, you know, um, our safety, our foundation. And then it's about our, um, our emotions, our sexuality, and then our power. So in those lower chakras, that's usually where people are when they're in sexual energy. It's all about carnal. It's about just like, I just need this experience. And, and, um, they just, they're all about just the, the touch and, and all of that. But there's, there can be so much more when we're having a sexual experience and we can have our heart chakra turned on our, our throat chakra turned on. We can have our intuition turned on and we can be connected to God through mm -hmm. our crown chakra. That is sacred sexuality. Mm -hmm. And anything less than that is not holy. So meaning it's not the whole self. Mm -hmm. You're not including mind, body, and soul. It's mm -hmm. just body. It's just carnal. And that's why we're not satisfied. That's what porn's about. Mm -hmm. Porn is just carnal. There is no spiritual connection. There's no connection to God in that. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's not holy. So it's not about that somebody's bad or good. They're just not including their whole self. And so when we're including all parts of ourselves, our mind, body, soul, connection to God, that's sacred sexuality. And we don't have to be in sex and making, making love to be in that energy. The energy of creation. Yes. That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it, that's when we're manifesting. That's when we're in our yeah. flow. It's when we're in our sexual energy. So when we can start broadening how we view sexual energy now, it's like, wait, Oh, I get like, I get to be in that all the time. And it's not bad. I actually, and, and then to realize, Oh, I'm actually in that energy more often than I realize. Mm -hmm. And so but then the more that you're like at claiming that and going, yeah, I'm in that energy. Now you have a new relationship with it. So now it expands. Mm -hmm. Now you're feeling it more and you're going to experience it more. You can have a sexual experience with a girlfriend, even if you're heterosexual. Mm -hmm. And it's, there can be no penetration, no touching, no like actual, like, you know, uh, uh, anything like that. And you can have a sexual experience with her. Yeah. Do you think that that, so I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. I, I love that because I think that's a lot of the breakdown in our culture is we've forgotten to be in community with women and real deep meaningful relationships with, with other women. But can you, is that, is this creative energy that you're speaking on? Is this what you would define as the divine feminine? I mean, is that your definition or could it be included? Because the way that I'm interpreting it and Megan, I'm not sure how you are, but divine feminine energy to me is intuition and connection and creativity. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so you're speaking as well, that just to interrupt that, that is Shakti. Mm -hmm. And Shakti is yeah. the, she embodies the divine feminine. She is the feminine goddess of all goddesses. That's how I interpret her. So that yeah. what you're explaining to me is Shakti energy. It's creation. It's divine creation and often out of nothing. And women have the ability to do that when they can tap into what Carrie is saying, your sexual energy. It doesn't have to be physical. It could be whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. That is, I, I love this. And I think this gives women permission in a way, not that we need it. I'm not saying that we need it, but sometimes when we're covered in shame regarding our sexuality, and, and I think I would like you to define the difference between sexuality and sensuality also mm -hmm. still Carrie. but I think that this, the way that you're framing this gives women permission to fully step into that without feeling that shame. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, yes. And, and the only, the other things that I want to add to you, like the definition of divine feminine is she's nurturing, she's empowered, she's respected. Um, you guys said creative. She's about connection. She's about intuition, community. Um, that's, that's the divine feminine. Mm. Um, and I actually, I actually created just a really quick little list of like how to be in your divine feminine. So I want to share that with you guys. Mm. Um, so first one, honoring your emotions, the divine feminine, she fully embodies all of her emotions. She isn't just trying to chase her bliss and her happiness. She fully loves and accepts her sacred rage. She goes deep into her sadness. She fills all of the emotions um, and she's not afraid of them. 
So, you know, there, there's one, one thing, if you're, if you're somebody that really struggles with allowing yourself to feel all of the emotions on your emotional landscape to really start, um, leaning into those, it's safe. It's safe to feel. It's what we came here to do. (laughs) Um, love your body. So if you don't love your body, like say the, say the, this I am statement of, I am in the process of loving my body mm-hmm. and just, you know, start that process of how much more intimate can you become with yourself? Um, that loving your body doesn't mean that you have to love all of your cellulite and your loose skin and, you know, your extra, extra fat. Like you can, you can dislike certain parts of your body and still love it. Mm. We don't have to be like obsessed with every single inch to love and respect our body. Mm. You know, I guarantee you that if you have a partner or you have children, that there are qualities, personality traits, and even physical traits about that person that you're like, yeah, I don't really like his nose that much, but I love him so much. <laughs> like do that with other people, but not ourselves. Like it's okay to not like your teeth, but still love yourself. So. My kids are always commenting on my wrinkles. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's cute. But I still love you, mom. I love oh. you. Even with the wrinkles. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing too. It's like, well, can we just, can we embrace this, that our aging and just realize yes. that's, that's, our, that's our rite of passion, passage into our wisdom. Yes. And and yeah, embrace it. I love getting older. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, but, um, okay. So trust her intuition. She trusts her intuition, intuition. She follows it. We all are intuitive. Nobody's exempt. It's a muscle yes. just like our biceps, just like our booty. You've got to work it to grow it. So if you're feeling like, I don't know, I don't really, I don't really have like, uh, you know, these thoughts that, that come through that tell me that I should be doing this or that. Just, um, just set the intention of, I want to be more intuitive and I'm going to trust my gut instincts and it will get better. And I'll get to a point where you're like, you can't not follow it. You just, it's so loud. Um, Mm -hmm. so she also gives her inner wisdom a voice. Mm -hmm. Your voice matters. You matter and you have wisdom. You have your own unique medicine that nobody else has. I'm not Jen. I don't have her experiences and her wisdom. So there, there's, there's something that, that she's going to be able to give that I will never give. Same thing with Megan. Like I'm, I, you guys have your own unique wisdom and your own unique voice. And that goes for everybody. Everybody does. So, so speak that, speak your wisdom. Um, she has gratitude for life. She just lives in the state of just pure gratitude of just everything though. Cause of going back to the emotions, she has gratitude for her pain, for her trauma, for her experiences, because she sees the, the, um, how it has shaped her to who she is today. Mm. So there's just, there's gratitude in all parts, not just in like all the rainbow and sunshine things, but also <laughs> her shadows. Um, she creates sacred space. So either that looks like meditation, um, uh, tarot card readings, like whatever, whatever that looks like, she creates a space and a time where she's doing some type of a ritual with herself Mm -hmm. where it's just, it's connection with herself and it's very sacred. Um, she uses her imagination. There's that creative Mm -hmm. energy that we all have. We, men are creative, but you know, just a little like little tooting our women horn we are more because <laughs> we we are yep. doesn't matter what a child or not we are made to create mm-hmm. our bodies are made to create this is the only portal into this earth realm for humans is through a woman's body pussy. <laughs> yeah. thank you welcome yes. The portal the pussy portal is the only way that humans can get into this <gasps> earth realm and Love it's that. so like, we are, we are literally made to create, we have it in us. And so if you have the story of I'm not creative, question that yes. mm-hmm. even true, yes. you know? And so, yeah. but we, we create our reality with our words and with our beliefs. So if you have a belief that isn't serving you, choose different mm. or just get curious around it. Like what if, what if I was creative? Maybe it's just that I haven't found something that really lights me up and gets me passionate. So maybe I should go on this whole adventure of figuring out what lights me up. Mm. Is if I'm not passionate about something, 
is dead. Like there's nothing, there's no creative energy that's going to come out of me. But when I'm passionate about something, get the fuck out. Like I'm like, it just comes, 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 literally comes, comes, comes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Carrie. I want want to talk about sensuality. I'm dying. I'm like, I'm edging my seat. (laughs) I have one more and then I'll get to sensuality. Um, Get to know yourself. Like understand yourself. Like you're an amazing human. I don't know you, but I know you're amazing. So get to know yourself and then honor your sexuality. This is the hugest piece. So we've already talked about the sexuality. So now I'll get into sensuality. Oh, I love talking about sensuality because there's so much shame around it. And there's like, that's bad. And the thing is, sensuality is just our senses. It's a turn on of all of our senses. Sensuality. I've never heard that before. That that just clicked for me. It's all sensuality is being tuned in to your sight, your sound, your touch, your smell. Wait, there's one more. You're hearing. (laughs) What'd you say? (laughs) Yeah. So when we're when we're in our sensuality, we're tapped in, tuned in, turned on. We are fully present. Sensuality is presence. Mm. And so once again, we have this programming that sensuality is just. well, first of all, a lot of women think that it's dirty. It's about being provocative. It's about being sexy. It's about being, um, you know, uh, it's uh, sexual, it's bedroom things. And it's like, yes. And although I don't think that it's dirty, um, but it's, it, it is those things, but it's, that's the small portion of it. We can be sensual in any part of our day when, oh my God, when my boyfriend eats an orange, it is so sexy to me. It's so funny because when you were describing this, I I had a visual of somebody eating a strawberry. (laughs) And I do that exercise when I do workshops on sensuality. I actually do it with either a strawberry or a blueberry or something where, where we actually have this, this um, exercise where we're smelling it, we're touching it, we're looking at it, we're licking it and we're smelling it again. We're just being really sensual with this piece of fruit. And then we're taking our time, taking a bite and just being nice and slow and just enjoying the taste of it. And just that whole process is very sensual. Yeah. There's no sexual acts that are happening, but God, you are so present Mm -hmm. and you are enjoying that experience. So can we be sensual in all parts of our life? Can you be sensual as you're walking at the park? Can you be sensual even as you're working? Can you be sensual as you're eating? When we're doing that, all that means is just presence. Yes. Being in the body, being in the experience, because when you're, when you're tapped into all of your senses, you can't not be present. You're not going to be thinking about, Oh, I got to go to the grocery store and I got to get that thing. And and then I got to go do this thing for work. You're not thinking about that kind of stuff. That's right. So it's, it's, um, it's doing ourselves a disservice by having a belief that sensuality is bad because now we're pinching ourselves from off from fully feeling pleasure in all parts of our life. Because if you believe that sensuality is bad, you're really going to, you're going to believe that in all ways. Same thing with pleasure. If you feel like pleasure is bad, which is all pleasure is, is just being present, just fully enjoying an experience. So if, if you're going to think of it in one way, maybe the bedroom, or maybe it's around food, pleasure around food, you're going to feel you're, it's going to trickle into all parts of your life. Mm. And you're going to see that you are cutting yourself off from presence and mindfulness and really being alive just because you've been programmed to believe that sensuality is bad. Mic drop. That was big for me. I know it was big just by your reaction. Oh, Megan. Yeah. I've never, and like Megan too, I've never heard that definition of sensuality. And I think again, Carrie, that's going to allow these people that are listening, our audience, women, men even are going to be able to Mm -hmm. understand that there's no shame in that. It's, it's not about wearing, you know, red leather, high heels and, you know, lingerie. It's enjoying the moments of life and being in all senses. And that is epic. Thank you for that. Beautiful. One of my favorite things to do is be at the grocery store and, um, and, and I actually try to make sure that nobody's behind me because it would be a little bit weird. Um, I mean, they would enjoy it, but like, I love to shake my ass, especially if I'm wearing like, um, like a, 
like a sundress and it's just like shakes really good. It's like, oh, that feels so, <laughs> fun. so fun. So it's like, it's playful too. It's playful energy. And so it's like, God, like I love that feeling. I love the feeling of my ass jiggling and feeling it kind of move on my dress and just feeling my body, like how, it, how, it, like what it creates in my body. Mm. It's like, that's for nobody. It's just yep. for me. It's purely for me and it's fun. So it's like, can we do more of that kind of stuff? Whatever's fun for you. It's so funny you say that. I, I just, <laughs> I love this thing. It's like, I call it my butterfly walk. And it's like, um, I try to walk like as light as a feather and be as sensual and move as, as fluid as I can. Like I'm doing it right now. You guys can't see, but I try to do that once a day. Like, and just to really like exaggerate all those movements because it feels so good to me. And I think that as women, we start to lose all those things that feel so good in our body. And that takes me to probably something that you can relate to Carrie is dance. Like, I think that that's such a good portal for women also to just tap into all those senses and how it feels to move. And I know you do a lot of that work with your your clients as well. So is there an exercise maybe people can do to tap into that? Yeah. You know, and, um, that might even be like a little bit triggering for some people. They're like, I can't dance. Mm. Um, you know, that's just, I guess that's not for me. And, um, what's really important is that it doesn't have to be dance. Like if you're somebody who doesn't really, doesn't really know how to do all the different moves and you feel like you're not very coordinated, intuitive movement, um, is what you're going to want to, uh, just try and just putting on a song that really just gets you, feel, makes you feel alive, whatever it is. Maybe it's something that you want to have be sensual. Maybe it's something just uppy and playful. Um, but putting on music and just letting your body lead, not deciding that it needs to look a certain way and who cares if it looks silly or whatever, but just tuning into your body. How do you want to move right now, body? And just allowing your body to move. And there's some funky things that my body wants to do sometimes, but it's like, all right, that's cool. Like, I don't care. And the more you do it, you feel more comfortable with you're like, I don't care. I really don't care that somebody's going to see this. But most of the time I'm doing it just in my own home by myself. So I'm not, I'm, it's not a performance. It's not for somebody else. It's purely for me. And it's fun. And I, I like to have mirrors up. Um, and if you're somebody who can't look in mirrors at this point, then maybe not do that. Maybe having your eyes closed, but I love to have the mirror up and just watch myself, watch how my body moves and then see when it does something silly and kind of laugh at myself and like, Oh my God, you're so funny. Like that was, that was fun. That was weird. I like that. Um, and I touched, I said music and I want to touch on one little thing really quick. Um, be conscious of the music that you choose because there's a lot of really amazing, fun, sexual beats that are just horrible lyrics mm, and we're being yeah. fed that we're being fed very derogatory oh, programming yes. around what a woman is and what a woman should do. And that's just wrong. All of that is wrong. I, and I, and it's so hard for me because some of the beats I'm like, ah, but I love the beat. Can I just get the instrumental of that song? <laughs> um, but yeah, like I choose not to listen to anything that is degrading to a woman mm, because yeah. I don't like, I'm done with that. I don't yeah. like, no more. We've got, yeah. we've got to stop this. And when we support it, we're allowing it to continue. Mm. So any, and then also being um, disrespectful to men. If we want men to respect us, we've yeah. got to do the same for them. So exactly. stop like cat calling them when, and when they're, when there's a, I don't know, uh, what's the, what's the movie magic Mike and those movies. Like I was so embarrassed to be a woman at the time those movies came out because of the way that women were acting. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Now it makes sense why, like, this is why we're staying this way because we're just as bad as the men, mm. the way that we treat them. So like, just like raise the bar, you know, be that, be the change and choose to be unavailable for anything else that is not respectful to the feminine and to the masculine. Mm. So you said something about moving in front of the mirror and just feeling in the body and looking at yourself. And it's so funny because... <sighs> I just have this visual of my girls. <laughs> I'll like catch them. I'm like, why are they so quiet? <laughs> yeah. They're in front of the mirror and they have on their dresses and they're just looking at themselves dancing. I'm like, I don't do that. Why don't I do that? Because I would, I would feel ashamed. I would judge myself. And so mm -hmm. a lot of it is, you know, sensuality. How I see the difference is that sensuality to me. Yeah. It's, it's not, obviously they're not having, they're dancing yeah. and they're 
feeling their senses and they're not feeling guilty or ashamed. They're just having fun. And, um, and I think most kids do that, right? Oh, yeah. Like, didn't you do that? Oh, I totally did that. Like for like hours, I was just seeing a dance in front of the mirror and I loved it. But how many adults do we see actually do that? Not you know? many. And so I want to, I want to challenge anybody that's like, Oh, I already do that. Um, it, there might be, there might be some viewers that do then. So then to take it to another level, do it naked. Yeah. Oh, and dance in front of the mirror naked and just, Ooh. and just, you know, touch yourself, not with the, not with the intention of, um, of even like a full on masturbation. You could go there if you want to, but just to just touch yourself and just experience your skin. I've even done, um, some moves and dances where I've like, I've licked my skin. I'm like, oh, that's what I taste like. How interesting. And just like feeling myself as if I've never felt my body before. Like this is what would it feel like to touch me? Not being me. She's, yeah. She can't take it. She's gonna fall out of the chair. She just tried to lick me. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know how PG it get, but there's some there's some other levels that you can go. And um, but yeah, there's I mean there's there's so many things that we can do to create deeper intimacy with ourselves, and that's what we're actually wanting. We're wanting to really fully accept ourselves and accept ourselves as we are in all ways, all parts of us. We, we want, we love, and it's easy for us to accept the personality traits that we love. It's easy to accept the, the um, physical features that are, that are attractive, that we, that we feel like are attractive, but it's like a whole nother level when we can fully accept our shadow, mm -hmm. our personality quirks that aren't the, aren't the most flattering, our, our body parts that are, um, are less fat flattering from our eyes. Mm -hmm. And when we can get to a place of full acceptance of all of those things, doesn't even matter what anybody else thinks and people can feel that on you they can feel that it's, it's that you know there's a lot of women that have some false confidence and you see them and you're like you know they feel really intimidating and they're like I don't know they're kind of hard to like get through to and yeah. and um and then when you really do get to know them you're like oh my god she's insecure as fuck like you know that's wow I didn't I had no idea because there's this false yeah. confidence and um but when you really when somebody really embodies true confidence, like they're just like, I love myself. It's intoxicating. You're like, yeah. ah, it might be a little bit triggering because you're like, damn, like I, I'm so jealous of that. But like, I want that. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can feel that. You can feel that on a woman. And that's mm -hmm. like, I want all of those women around me. Cause there's women that I'm like, God, she embodies it even more than I do. And I love that. Like, yeah. ah, thank you for being that example. Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, just finding those women and surrounding yourself with those type of women. Well, that's our essence at the core, right? Before all the programming. I mean, it truly is like yeah. that, that deep inner knowing in our bones that is wild. And, um, that, that, reclaiming that I think is what you really stand for Carrie um, from what from through my eyes is really reclaiming that that essence of who we get to be as women before the conditioning happened yeah. and I just I'm really honored that that you're doing the work that you do in the world same same, you know, same. and and somebody who might go in and end up going and looking at my social media or whatever they're like god you know okay, like I get everything that Carrie's talking about, but I just don't, I just don't feel comfortable wearing low cut shirts like she does and booty shorts. And it's like, don't be me. This yeah. is what feels so, so I just feel so embodied in my divine feminine wearing what I wear and, and doing what I do. Like that just feels really good for me. And for somebody else, it's going to look different. Yeah. So, you know, just, uh, Oh, just what does that look like for you? What does that feel like for you? It may be that just, you know, wearing a, wearing, you know, um, having a, a high collared shirt and having, um, you know, a long flowy dress just makes you feel so alive and so feminine, like beautiful, mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, it's going to look different. And that's like, that's the awesome thing is that everybody's divine feminine is going to be so unique and different. And so yes. can we get to a place where we just embody our unique divine and feminine? So good. So good. And, and that's really the theme of this podcast is be who you are. Yeah. Don't be somebody else's version of, of who you feel like you should be. Just mm -hmm. own it and feel it and lean into what feels good. 
So Carrie, you have touched on so many incredible points and I want to kind of wrap it up. So, you know, we're all at Soul Ascend, we're all about application and we're all about action. And because you touched on so many pivotal, I think could be pivotal points for women that are listening that, you know, maybe they're hearing about the divine feminine and sexuality and sensuality for the first time how do we apply it? Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have this thing. Have you told her about no, our, I haven't told her. So we have this thing called an ascendment, which is kind of like our mantra mm-hmm. for the podcast. And then we have a soul assignment. So the ascendment, it could be, you know, the affirmation or the I am affirmation or the theme. And then the soul assignment is the call to action. So what do you think our listeners really need to hear right now as far as their mantra or their affirmation goes? And what is one big action step they can take in order to own their divine feminine in sensuality? Mm-hmm. Um, well, affirmations can be tricky sometimes because if, if there's a hard belief around the, the opposite of what you're trying to shift into, the body's going to go, nope. And they're yep. going to show all the evidence around why that's not true. And so that's mm-hmm. like a lot of people, when they start doing affirmations, they're like, it's not getting anywhere. Yeah. And so the, and I shared this um, at some point that the, the trick to that is saying, I am in the process of. So an affirmation that we can say is, I am safe fully in my sexuality, my femininity, and my sensuality, Mm -hmm. or I am in the process of feeling safe in my divine feminine, my sexuality, my sensuality. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And then what was the other one? I can't remember what the action. Action step. Because you you touched on so many points and Mm -hmm. action steps I think people can implement. For somebody listening to you for the first time, what is one thing you'd like them to do in order to embody and embrace their divine feminine? The biggest thing is to um, spend your day in curiosity around how you can ex- how you can add more pleasure, more sensuality to your experience in this moment right now. So really changing the whole way that you've, that you've been seeing that and, and, and thinking that that was, that it's all just the bedroom and, you know, like a certain way to dress and, and just getting curious throughout your day, everything that you're doing as you pass by a flower, pausing and going, Ooh, I'm going to be sensual with this flower right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to look at it. I'm going to smell it. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to experience this flower. I'm going to be sensual with this flower as I'm eating my food. How much more sensual, how much more pleasure can I experience in this? So the more that a woman's doing that, now she's tapping into her divine feminine because she's in a space of presence and flow and being Mm -hmm. and um, creative. She's tapped in, tuned in, turned on. Mm -hmm. So just, just adding that question, that curiosity around how can I add more pleasure or more sensuality in my experience right now? And then just, you know, just anytime you start feeling pinged, anytime you say that, that it's, I'm changing the way that I'm viewing pleasure and sensuality. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the way that I've been programmed to believe it to be. And so, you know, while you're eating your orange, another thing is like watching, if you have a cat, cats are, I don't have a cat, but cats are fabulous at showing us how to fully embody and be in a sensual space. Like they're mm-hmm. constantly like crawling around, like rubbing their back on a, like everything has to bring them pleasure. Like they've got a, they rub it on the back of a corner and they're so slow and sensual with it. Like they're fully enjoying scratching their back on, on that wall. And, and they lick they, themselves like you do. Yes. <laughs> I think um, I think a good takeaway too for me, like I just want to, every time I see Megan now, I'm just going to say pussy. <laughs> pussy licking. Pussy, pussy every time I see Megan. <laughs> Bye.
<laughs> you know what? I did a I did a podcast with one of my one of my friends. She was a, a fellow coworker for Hungry for Happiness, and um, we were talking about the divine feminine, and she could not say that word. Like I, at the end of it, I'm like, "Babe, you can do it. You can do it." She couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, she ended up like on on our on our. Uh, uh, hungry for happiness, uh, webinar. She ended up like saying it to all the students. I'm like, (gasps) now she'll she'll say the word and she's so proud of herself, but yeah, like, wow, so much programming. Like, God, no, take that word back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So do say it to her. Let it like, let her feel that. (laughs) You know what I can say? Thunder pussy. That's a band. That doesn't count. (laughs) We need to have them on. I'm obsessed with Thunder Pussy. <laughs> Carrie, thank you. You're fabulous. We love you. I'm kind of obsessed with this episode. Oh, me too. So many takeaways. I can't wait to listen back and, and recap. This was so much fun. I learned so much from you, Carrie. And thank you for all of the beautiful work that you do for being a pioneer of the P word. I'll say it one day. I promise. (laughs) Come on, babe. You can do it. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. (laughs) And and all the listeners, um, we would love your takeaways from this podcast. I know that Carrie will love hearing from you as well. So please head over to soul ascend podcast and pop into our DMS and let us know if you can say the word pussy. Ooh, that is a good soul assignment. I like it. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Carrie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The pleasure. The pleasure was all mine. The the pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Did you love this episode? We love connecting with our audience and we want to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe, review, and share. You can also follow us on Instagram at Soul Ascend Podcast. And don't forget, when you write a five-star review, screenshot it and send it to us at info at soulascendpodcast.com and we will send you our top 10 manifestation hacks 